Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. Last season, I spoke about my struggle with binge eating. If you're new to the show, the very first episode goes into my personal experience with all of that. I'm constantly battling the compulsion to overindulge with this need to break the habit. But the desire to satisfy the short-term craving keeps winning. I eat too much, then I decide to punish myself by getting up at 5 a.m. to do an uphill climb on a treadmill. And I feel good. Then I go to work. And later on, I reward myself for the work I did earlier that day by getting a scoop or two of ooey-gooey butter cake ice cream. And then I skip the gym the next day because I just want to sleep. And then binge to teach myself a lesson for not exercising. And the cycle just continues. In this episode, I talked to Isabel Fox and Duke, a health coach who, according to her website, helps women stop feeling crazy around food. I've been following her blog on emotional eating and the concept of dieting for a long time, and a lot of what she wrote struck a chord with me. I'm still working my way through all this. Every meal of every day is a struggle. Some days I feel confident and beautiful, and other days I feel like I'm doing it all wrong and it's not worth it. But people like Isabel are giving me hope that there are people out there that are doing the work to shame less and incorporate body positivity more. So here's my interview with Isabel Fox and Duke. So uh, just introduce yourself to uh, our listeners and what you do. Well, so um, my name is Isabel Fox and Duke, um, and I'm a life coach. I'm a health coach uh, focused in women's health education. And most specifically, I help women stop feeling crazy around food. Um, that is that's sort of that's my tagline. That's really, you know, kind of how I best identify, because that's how I felt. Um, around food for most of my life, um, up until my early twenties, when a lot of things changed that you know I'm gonna you know be talking about on this on this uh, podcast episode. I was constantly dieting from a very 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 young age. I was I was put on my first diet actually when I was about three years old. Um, I was put on my diet. I was put on my first diet by my pediatrician at the time. And basically, you know, from this age on, I just constantly you know, felt like there was something wrong with my body. I was constantly, you know, getting that message that there was something wrong with my body. My body wasn't okay. I was too big. And the way to fix this problem of being too big and therefore, you know, dealing with all of these quote consequences of being too big, you know, from that age on, I just felt like, okay, you know, my job is to try and make myself as small as possible. And that the way to do that is to control my food, control what I'm eating to the best of my ability. So my, my life from a very, very young age really started to revolve around trying to control my food at all times, right. And trying to eat as little as possible and trying to weigh as little as possible. But yeah, I, um, was constantly either like going for whatever it was, right. It was like trying to eat less carbs, trying to eat less calories, trying to portion control, trying to this, trying to that. I was always constantly thinking about like, what's the next thing that I'm going to do. That's going to finally make me thin. And finally, you know, all these unicorns and rainbows or whatever else I attached to thinness was just going to like pop out of the sky and life was going to be amazing. And all the boys at school would love me and all the girls would, you know, want to be my friend or, or, or be jealous of me or whatever the thing was. I was constantly, fantasizing and thinking about, you know, how I was going to get to this magical land called thinness. It was again, like sort of the ticker tape in the back of my mind at all times. Um, and as a result, I really was just sort of, you know, had this sort of growing obsession with food, dieting, you know, um, self-control around food, et cetera. 
And that was just sort of my life. That was sort of like kind of, I think, the, the fundamental basis of the craziness. Now, of course, one of the big consequences of dieting and one of the that I think is, you know, super, super common consequence and certainly was a major consequence for me was that, you know, I was always trying to eat less. And so I, I always felt like food was this like giant temptation that I had to like sit on my hands trying not to eat. And I was, you know, constantly just trying to, again, just trying to control my urges around around food. And as a result, you know, I would have these moments where I just couldn't take it anymore and I would just give in and I would like completely lose control, right? Like I would rebel, I would yo-yo, I would go the other way, I would fall off the wagon, right? And when these moments would happen where I just couldn't diet anymore and I would fall off the wagon, it was usually, you know, it would they would get more severe the more intensely I had been dieting, right? So like as I got older, I was dieting more and more aggressively, trying to control my food with more and more fervor, more and more motivation, more and more dedication, right? And in response, these, you know, kind of binge eating rebellious episodes um, would be equally as intense as the restriction had had been, right? So sometimes I think about, you know, diet binge cycling, which is this basically is a sort of classically defined diet binge cycling, right? And so this was my life, right? My life was just a constant oscillation between, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. And then like these wild binge eating episodes, which at the time I really, I didn't understand were caused by this dieting, right? We're caused by this trying to control. Right? I didn't realize that these wild periods of being out of control were really just a reaction to trying to control to begin with. Because of course, the message that I was getting was dieting is totally normal and you can control your size by just, you know, willpower and just hanging on. And it's just a matter of just don't put it in your mouth. And, you know, all of these kinds of messages that we get all the time that dieting is just you know, something that we should be able to do. Um, and that like, if you just work hard enough and just motivate hard enough, you should, you can, you can, you know, fundamentally control what you eat despite, by the way, FYI, in case anyone didn't get this memo, eating is a biological instinct. You actually can't control it, right? Just like you can't control your breathing, right? Like at some point you're just going to go for the thing that your body wants, whether you intellectually choose to in quotes or not. Um, so yeah, so this is my life. These like wild oscillations, uh, you know, obviously, you know, every time I would binge, I would think because, you know, I didn't know any better. Oh, the answer is to restrict even harder. And it's because I, you know, I just didn't have enough willpower and I didn't muscle hard enough and I didn't try hard enough. Right. So I would try even harder on the next diet. And then of course the binge would be equally as intense. And this was, you know, it kind of got, so severe as time went on that I, you know, eventually was diagnosed with binge eating disorder, right? So, you know, I would have these intense, intense, intense periods of restriction. The restriction was getting more and more aggressive as I got older. I was so, became more sort of obsessed with thinness and and more um, just dedicated to the pursuit of thinness and more, you know, the belief that thinness would be the answer to all of my problems became so much more aggressive as I got older and then, of course, the binges would become equally as just like in just in direct proportion to how much I tried to control my food. I would completely lose control. And so eventually ended up in, in treatment um, uh, for this. And that started, you know, kind of what I think of as like this whole new uh, second half of the story, really, where I was seeking solutions for this problem, but really having a lot of trouble finding um 
good professionals and, and really good sort of advice because there's so much conflicting information in our culture about binge eating because we live fundamentally in a diet culture where it is assumed that you should be able to control your food. You should be a thin person. And if you're not, you're quote overeating, there's, you're doing something wrong, right? And it is fundamentally an issue of lack of control rather than what I've now come to believe it really is, which is an issue of trying to control in the first place and dealing with the symptoms and the in sort of the natural consequences of that aggressive attempt at controlling this biological instinct called eating. Yeah. And also, too, what I was going to say is um, there's also this there's a lot of confusion between emotional eating and binge eating and things of that nature. So I wanted to see if you could also help clarify that. In our culture, if I ask people like, well, what do you mean by binge? What do you mean by binge? Again, very similar to if I ask somebody, what do you mean by a diet? They have all sorts of answers, right? I mean, some people will say, oh, a binge just means I ate a lot. Binge just means I felt, quote, out of control. Binge means, um, and for a lot of people, a lot of people define binge eating by, oh, I ate emotionally a lot, right? Because people have this idea that I, I, you know, I binged when I was stressed out. So they kind of like confuse, to your point, they confuse emotional eating and binge eating. So um, I'm going to give very clear definitions of each of these things right now, um, just so we can like kind of have that as language for the rest of the conversation. But, um, you know, emotional eating is just, you know, eating over feelings, right? It's just like soothing myself. It's I had a bad day at work. I'm going to have a bowl of ice cream. You know, it's, I think to, in my opinion, like kind of feels good most of the time, right? It's a soothing thing by definition. Um, it's, you know, it can be distraction from a difficult emotion. It could even be celebratory, right? It could even be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun and I'm going to just like eat for basically pure pleasure, right? I mean, it's basically just, um, eating for the purpose of usually soothing, comfort, um, or, or just for the pure sake of pleasure rather than for, quote, energy, right? Or for, like, quote, physical need. So that's emotional eating in a nutshell, or that's, like, typically how emotional eating is defined. Binge eating, on the other hand, is an entirely different phenomenon, in my opinion. I define binge eating as eating in reaction to some sort of... Um, uh, like either a, just like a, you know, could be, it could be a reaction to being on Weight Watchers or being on Atkins or a reaction to dieting of some kind, or it could just be a eating in reaction to a wagon of some kind, right? And so what that means basically is binge eating is a rebellion against some kind of depri deprivation around food or some sort of threat of deprivation around food, right? It's a reaction to deprivation. Binge eating is a reaction to deprivation. It's um, either, oh my gosh, I can't stand, you know, I, I've been, I haven't eaten bread in three weeks and I can't stand it one more minute. I'm going to eat the whole loaf right now. I'm just going to eat like all the bread, right? I'm just going to like fall into a pile of bread because I just can't stand to be on this. Can't go stand one more second, not eating bread. Right. Or on the flip side, it could also be, um, oh, starting tomorrow, I'm never going to eat bread again. So I'm going to eat all the bread right now. And I'm just going to eat, you know, all the contents of my pantry because tomorrow is day one. And I promise I'm never going to eat a bread, bread again starting tomorrow. Right. So there's a relationship when there's a when there's binge eating happening, there's a relationship between the choices I'm making and some past or potentially future deprivation um, or restriction around food. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of a long winded answer to your question. But I hope that that those definitions make sense. No, totally. Um, it was uh, you talked also in the in your story about the diet binge punishment sort of cycle, which is something I also wanted to touch on um, in a story that I told uh, last season on the show. Um, I went to a, uh, I guess, a weight loss clinic in a hospital um, 
uh, a couple years ago, uh, and I uh, it was very much like you go and get weighed, and then you talk about your diet uh, and or whatever, and they tell you you have to have this many calories, um, and then you're supposed to lose like X amount of pounds a week and all of that stuff. And um, I was so stressed from doing that, like. I was afraid to to fail so much and then but I was like or I was really trying and then I would go to the doctor and they would be like oh you only lost like a pound this week do you um do you want to start medication you should be losing more and so I was like I don't want to do you know I don't want to start medication I don't want to put something like that in my body like okay well do you want to start like uh, bars or shakes, like our bars and shakes program. And so I was having shakes and uh, the bars. And, and um, there was a moment when I was with my coworkers and everybody went out to a burger place and uh, everyone's having burgers and I'm just poking at lettuce and everyone's having all these, you know, carbs and fats. And, and uh, it was just heartbreaking for me. And I the next or that night, I think I was just sitting on my couch and watching TV and I just had a I bought a giant family sized bag of of uh, kettle corn and I just ended up just like shoving it in my face. And yeah. And that's the punishment that you were talking that, you know, the, so you, you try to diet and then you just you 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 punish yourself and you do it all over again. Or I do that with working out, too, where I, I I'm still getting through it now, I think. But uh you know, now it's like, okay, I, I you know, quote, unquote, ate poorly, uh, whatever that means, uh, whatever you tell yourself that means. And then I'm like, all right, I have to exercise. And if I don't exercise, I'm like, oh, God, like, well, I'm failing. I'm going to go eat something. And it's just being stuck in that cycle. And I think, you know, I, I, while I was going through this this difficult time, I think is you were one of those people that I found uh, your work and was like in your videos about fighting food. Uh, stop fighting food and all that stuff. And like, it was just, um, I kind of wanted to talk to you more about like, that cycle. And and I know, you know, you talked a lot about like, the reasons why people feel like they need to have that cycle. But is that something? Like, what's, what's, a, I guess, a, a way to have people to start looking on how to get out of it? It's really just about giving up that control. Yeah. I mean, for sure. But yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, right? I mean, so the cycle is basically diet binge or diet binge, diet binge, or you could say it's at really self-hate diet binge, self-hate diet binge, right? Yeah. Like that, if you wanted to expand the cycle, that's really where it begins, right? Like the first diet usually starts with some sort of um, version of I'm not good enough, right? Like my body's not okay and I need to change it. Whether that's something that somebody told you or whether that's something that you decided for yourself. I mean, we all got told that whether explicitly or implicitly by the culture, right? We, if we weren't told it by a doctor, like I was when I was a kid, we were, we got the message somehow, right? Most people, pretty much everyone in our culture is getting this message that then is good and fat is bad. Um, and that, you know, is sort of leading to these sort of, you know, very, very, very high instances of like deep body shame. I mean, and I think it's something, you know, you hear these statistics like 90% of women are dissatisfied with their bodies, right? I mean, that is such an incredibly sad statistic, um, but that is, you know, unsurprising in our culture, right? We're based, we're, we're thinness and um, this very, very, very specific and very, very unattainable body ideal is just so, so hyperlinked to status and acceptance. 
um, and love and, you know, all these like cookies and rewards that we get in, in our culture. Um, and, and that can, you know, you can really extrapolate in a lot of different ways there. Um, but yeah, so the cycle, you know, in terms of the cycle being like, okay, shame, you know, it goes shame, dieting, binge, shame, dieting, binge. You can't end the cycle with not binging anymore, right? Because the binging is just a reaction to the dieting, right? The only way to not have the reaction of binging is to not diet. Um, I think that things get like a little tricky when you think about like, okay, well, dieting is really a reaction to the shame. And how do you deal with the shame? And that's where things get really hard. It's like, in theory, you can experience shame and just be like, I'm not going to diet. I'm never going to diet again. I'm just not doing that no matter how much shame I feel. But it's hard. And I think that that's really where that's really where the rubber meets the road in terms of like the work in quotes of recovery is dealing with the painful body image and the painful shame feelings and the trauma of feeling like not enough in this culture for whatever personal reasons that you do. But I think, again, most people have experienced it on, on the spectrum somewhere. It's painful to deal with those feelings. Um, and so like the real, in, in my experience, right. It's like, people, the less body image work you have under your belt, the less like body acceptance work. And I, and I think we can also be clear, like it doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, I think I'm so hot or I think I, you know, I'm so sexy or my body's so awesome. But like the less body acceptance work I have, meaning like the less I'm willing to just be like, okay, I choose to, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be in this body. I can accept this body that I'm in you know, without going back to, into this, you know, super restrictive self-harming pattern. Um, that's sort of where the safety comes from getting into this diet binge cycle. Right. So it's like, you have the diet binge, diet binge, diet binge cycle. If you truly just let go and, you know, allow your food to be what it is, stop dieting, stop restricting, you're not going to have these reactionary elements, but what you will ultimately be left to deal with is, you know, the body image stuff that comes up around, um, you know, living in the body that you actually have without using dieting or restriction or basically self-harming with food as a way of coping with that societal pressure and with that internalized fat phobia and with, with that body shame, right? So if you, you know, the way of thinking about it is dieting is a coping mechanism. It's a way that we're taught how to deal with the fact that our bodies are being oppressed on a regular basis on the basis of size. And this is true for all genders, but it's definitely especially true for women and femmes. I mean, it's a, it's, it's certainly like a gendered issue. It, it, it is a women's issue to, to a certain extent. Right. And when you start to think about it, it's like, okay, dieting is, it's a self-harming coping mechanism, but it's a self-harming coping mechanism that ultimately only hurts me and keeps me in this obsessive, anxious loop with food all of the time. This diet binge cycling thing, I mean, a lot of people get into treatment because of their, quote, binging or because they, you know, they just can't stick to the diet and they don't know what's wrong with them. They can't stick to the diet. And what they end up learning in the process or certainly what I learned over a period of years being in the process of being, you know, in treatment and talking to all these different professionals and all these different things is realizing like, oh, the binging wasn't actually the problem. The binging was my body actually trying to stay alive. The binging was my body actually just trying to keep me from starving to death when if it were up to me, I would have starved myself indefinitely, right? right? Binge eating actually saved my life. Binge eating was never my problem. My problem was that I was harming myself as a way to cope with living in a fat phobic, size oppressive culture. So what do you think is for someone that's trying to stop fighting food, 
and to, and to stop feeling this crazy around it. What do you think is a good first step for people to sort of to get to the path of, of you know, uh, healthy, a healthier relationship with all of this? If that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's really all about letting go of dieting. It's like it's really the cessation of dieting supported by body image work. And so that's because, again, those two sort of things go hand in hand. Now, if you've been dieting aggressively your whole life and that's how you've been dealing with this body shame forever, you might not even like know what it means to not diet. Right. I mean, I think the concept of not dieting is so overwhelming. Like, how do I even make a choice around food if I'm not making it based on how many calories are in it or how many carbs it has? Like, um, and so, you know, there's a lot of like brain, like de brainwashing that kind of goes on in trying to, in not only like not dieting on a physical level, but like thinking about food differently, like learning how to think about food in terms like, how does this make me feel? What would be pleasurable to me? Like what would feel good in my body right now? What am I in the mood for it? Like all of these kinds of kind of quote, normal eater questions and actually get myself out of this habit that I've been trained into from a very young age, which is to look at food and immediately see like numbers and points and macros and that. Right. Right. And so that is a little bit of a process. There's, I mean, there's a book that, you know, is commonly recommended in, in diet recovery circles called intuitive eating. That's like a really, really great place to start. Like, I think if you're totally brand new and you're still in like, like hardcore control diet mode, the most obvious place to start would literally just to be get the book intuitive eating, because it will start to kind of give you language for understanding, you know, how we naturally and biologically make choices around food, you know, if dieting didn't exist, like how people make how people who've never died in their entire lives, naturally just kind of eat what they want and eat when they're hungry, stop when they're full and don't really think about it and don't really worry about it. And just, you know, kind of getting back in touch with the biological, the natural biological process of eating. Now, what I will say is the work really can't stop there. But if you're, if it's not being supported by body image work and the relinquishing of things like, um, shame and guilt around food and, Um, you know, all of these different ways that we've been trained to think about food in our bodies, um, you know, much less like how we've been trained to actually put things in our bodies, you know, you're, you can really only go so far, right? It's like, if you have rules and beliefs and, um, you know, ideas in your head about what's okay and what's not okay around food, like you're going to, you're going to struggle. Basically we call it this diet mentality, right? So you know, recovery is not just about not dieting. It's really about recovering from diet mentality, which is a process. It's a process of de-brainwashing yourself of all of the different beliefs and ways that we think about food, many of which you might not even be conscious of because they're so ingrained. They just feel like the air we breathe, right? It takes time to kind of unbrainwash ourselves of, of all of those thinking patterns around food. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was great uh, being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was great. Thank you again. And um, I will put all the links to her work in the description for this episode. So thanks again, Isabel. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah. That was my interview with Isabel Fox and Duke. Thank you, Isabel, for your patience with our sound issues. This has been quite a while in the making, so I'm glad we're finally able to make this happen. You can learn more about Isabel's work at isabelfoxandduke.com and you can sign up for her free video series at stopfightingfood.com I'll also have links to her social media in the show notes for this episode 
Follow us on all the socials. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AnxiousAFShow. And you can email us at AnxiousAFShow at gmail.com. And subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And please rate and review. It really helps to spread the word about the show. And you can also stream the show on our website, AnxiousAFShow.com. Music for this episode is by Garrett Rose. You can check out his library of work at GarrettRose.com. Brian Castillo edits and mixes. What a champ. And hello again. It's me, Sarah Carlin, the host, producer, all that fun stuff. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.